Good morning. So I came, I came into church today and someone said, you look like Mr. Rogers. <laughs> well, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. And what? I have avocado reindeer socks on. I don't think Mr. Rogers ever had those. I'm just saying. So, good morning. It's good to be here, isn't it? Wow, what a day. So we are in the series, Come Home for Christmas. Why are we doing that? Well, it's Christmas time, of course. So the past couple of weeks, we've started the series, and our first week, we talked about coming home to hope. Do you remember that? We talked about Joseph's bones and how he had this hope that God's promises would be fulfilled and his bones would end up in the promised land. And then last week, we talked about coming home to faith, and we talked about how Jesus was rejected even in his own hometown, um, even by his close friends, and that we need to build a faith that recognizes that people aren't perfect, but we can forgive completely, right? And trust fully in God. So tonight, we are talking about coming home to peace. So this is an interesting thing, and I want to talk about it in kind of two sections. I want to focus on what is peace and how do I get it. Simple, right? So get out your pens, get out your paper, start taking notes. What is peace and how do I get it? So I want to do something a little bit strange. We'll see how it goes. Do we have any microphones? Where'd they go? Oh, we have one here. Great. Thank you, Anne. So for those who don't know, I spent nine years in Croatia and one year in France. So the way we say peace in Croatia is mir. Can everybody say mir? Mir. It's not so hard. A little roll of the tongue at the end. I want to, we have a very multicultural church, right? So I, wanna, I want to kind of put some people on the spot. And I want you to teach us how to say peace in your language. So I keep going over this direction because I know there's some Spanish speakers over here. Could you guys t- teach us how to say peace in Spanish? Paz. Paz. Paz? With an S sound. P-A-Z, but sounds like pas. Can we all say pas? Oh, what else? Who else do we have? Come on, don't be shy. Another language, anybody? Raise your hand. We got one back here. Yes! This is so exciting. Korean. <laughs> Korean. Can we all say Pyeonghwa? I'm sorry, I said that terribly. Pyeonghwa. What else? Do we have others? Oh, this is so great. Yes. La paix. La paix. La paix. Is that French? Yes. La paix. Can we all say la paix? Oh, what else? Anybody else? Oh, we've got some up here. I shouldn't run. It's like a wind. Sign language. Ooh. Can we try that together? Ah. I want to do that every morning. It's just something about that one. I'm going to run again. It's going to sound like a windstorm. Who's going to do it? This is exciting. Everybody's on the spot. Bình yên, bình yên, 
Benin. Can we all say Benin? Oh, that's hard. Benin. Anybody else? This is, this is so much better than I expected. Ping An is uh, Chinese. P-I? Ping An. Ping An. Yeah, yeah. Can we all say Ping An? Oh, There's one over here. I think they're all, why are they always on the opposite side of the room? I'm going to be all sweaty and... Oh, well, I'll stop here on the way. In Armenian, Chala Hochun. Chala Hochun. <laughs> All right, you teach us one more time. Chala Uchun. I'm sorry. I have offended an entire culture. Obrigado. <gasps> Portuguese, obrigado. Can we all say obrigado? <gasps> wow. Guys, look at our church. How cool is that? There was like 10 languages. There's some hands over there. There's some, I don't want to put you on the spot. You want to? Teach us. Come on. Yes? That looks like an almost yes. <laughs> I think it was a no, but... This is Cantonese. It's Wapeng. <gasps> Wapeng. That was bad, wasn't it? Okay, you tell us one more time. Wapeng. Wapeng. <laughs> and I've offended another culture. <laughs> Wow, isn't that awesome? So we were in Croatia, and uh, one of our main groups of people we worked with were Arabic speakers. And they say, salam. Can you say salam? And we've probably heard the, the Hebrew kind of version of that, right? Shalom. Shalom. So one of my really good uh, Arabic friends, I kind of wanted to share about him today. His name is Talal. And if you follow along with the story, you'll understand why I'm sharing a little bit about Talal. So this is a picture of my friend. Talal's in the middle. And this is Pastor Emil from Egypt, and he's on the left over there. And Talal's just awesome. So Talal is a friend of ours from Iraq. And he was in the military, um, for that was his career. And when the Americans came, he helped the American military the translation and some cultural stuff to kind of help them understand what's happening in Iraq. And then the American military left, and then he was kind of looked at like a traitor by a lot of people, and his life was in danger. His family's life was in danger. So what oftentimes happens in these situations is because there's not enough money or it's the, the road is so dangerous that a whole family can't go on a journey to try and find a safe home. So part of the family will go into hiding, and the other part of the family will try and find a safe home somewhere else. So Talal left his family in Iraq four years ago. And we met Talal, Betsy, I don't know, two years ago probably? Um, and he had been away from his family for two years at that point. And Talal was just this awesome guy who ended up in a situation that he had to flee for his life. And so we met him along that journey. Croatia happened to be the kind of the first European Union country in Europe, so when people would flee trying to get to like a safe place, they want to get to the European Union because this is where safety is. 
So Talal ended up in Croatia where we were, and we kind of ran into Talal. So we were teaching English in a refugee uh, asylum center for a while, and Betsy was the English teacher, and Talal started coming to English. And he's got this smile and just this way about him. Um, and, he, you know, he's from a Muslim country. He's a Muslim guy, um, great heart, wonderful person. Starts coming to English class. And then one day he shows up at church, and Betsy's like, oh, Talal, you know? Welcome to church. Is this Muslim guy coming to church? Like, well, this is great. Unexpected. Um, and what happened was he started coming to everything, not just church. We would have art nights, movie nights, activities, clean the neighborhood. Talal's there. Talal's there. Talal's there. He came so much, and he loved it so much that he actually asked us if he could pray his Muslim prayers in the basement of our church. <laughs> because he didn't want to miss our service, and he didn't want to miss his prayers. Now, we had to say no to that for a couple of reasons, but Talal just kept coming and coming and coming. And he became just part of our community. And I would see Talal, I don't even know, three, four, five times a week. It was just, it's my brother, that's Talal, he's there. Well, the Croatian government didn't want him. So they wouldn't give him uh, papers to stay in the country. So he tried and waited and tried and waited until he either had to get smuggled out or go to jail. Well, he ended up in jail. So our brother Talal, this loving guy with a big smile, was in jail. I mean, he was part of our lives. So not only was like his life kind of like now he's, in jail, he's away from his family, he's out of his country, he's looking for safety, but now he's in jail. And this is like, he's like our brother. Like, this is Talal. He's in jail. What do we do? So, I mean, we call him every day. We got people visiting him. We're just like, what's happening here? Well, what was happening was God was working on Talal this whole time. And a funny thing started to happen. He started to ask for Bibles and like kind of these books about being a Christian in Arabic and in Persian because he was in jail telling people about Jesus and they wanted to know more. So, like, what? so we got this Muslim guy evangelizing for us in prison in Croatia. So we're, we get him all these... We kind of half smuggle these books to him because he can't, have, he can't walk in with a case of books. So every time someone would visit, we bring him a couple more books, a couple more books. And he's evangelizing in prison. Well, after three months, he got out. And the day he got out, he called me and said, Dave, I need to see you. I need to talk to you. So we met after he got out of jail. And he said, Dave, while I was in prison, I gave my life to Jesus. And I want to be baptized before I have to flee the country. He only had a couple of days to flee the country. There was so much to do, and it was so exciting, but this was Talal, our Muslim brother who wanted to pray in our basement, now gave his life to Jesus and wants to be baptized. And we're like, what is God doing? We see what happened was on Talal's journey of, I mean, this is pain. He has three kids, a wife. He hasn't seen him in four years. Life is not easy for him, Right? And I think about my own struggles sometimes, and, 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 and then I compare it to someone like Talal. I'm like, well, I know things can be tough for all of us, but I'm like, Talal has lost everything. But what he found along the way was peace. And this was a peace that passed beyond understanding. So this is what I want to talk about. What is peace? This is going to sound a little bit nerdy, but I want to talk about it in kind of some linguistic ways 
but I think if you follow along with me, you'll really appreciate it. I promise. So I want to talk about objective peace and subjective peace. Okay? Peace as an object, peace as a subject. I know it sounds really lame. I promise it's worth it. So to introduce you to this, let me read a Christmas story. Part of a Christmas I'm not going to read the whole Christmas story, but just part of it. This is Advent season. So I want to read from Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. So that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, Do not be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Isn't that an awesome story? Can you just imagine being one of those shepherds? This angel comes. You're afraid, but angel says, Hey, don't be afraid. I've got good news for you. The one you've been waiting for is coming, and he's bringing peace. But so often we think about peace, we think about like war and peace. You know that big book? I tried reading it once. I, I don't recommend it to anybody. It's huge, right? War and peace. So what is, it's like peace, the opposite of peace must be war, must be like, so God must be coming to end all war, right? And end all suffering and end all pain. I think that's what we normally think about when we think about peace. Peace on earth during Christmas, like during Christmas, we just have this idea that God will, everyone will put their guns down and make peace. And that's a beautiful image, but the word peace is so much more rich than that. So we talked about shalom, the Hebrew word. Well, the Greek version of that is irene, and this is what it means. It basically means when all essential parts are joined together. Completeness. God's gift of wholeness. See, there's nothing in there about no more war. There's nothing in there about no more health problems. There's nothing in there about no more back pain. Completeness. Wholeness. The angel was saying God is bringing wholeness to the earth for those who have faith in him. But I want to go a bit further with this because it's not just about linguistics. I know it sounds boring to start off that way. But I want to go back to the creation story. So, like, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, right? So, created the earth, the skies, the waters, the land, the animals, the fish, like all that stuff, yeah? And then on the sixth day, what did he create? Man, he created us, humanity. So he created us. So then, that's all chapter 1, of the, the first chapter in the whole Bible. Chapter 2, verse 1, says this, So the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. You see, we were born into, humanity was created into God's peace. We were born into peace, into a state of rightness, righteousness, oneness with God. That's how... That's how it all happened. All essential parts were joined together. 
peace. In the beginning, God created peace. Now, I've tried to create things along my life. I, early on in my marriage, I tried to create a CD and VHS. I mean, I know they had them back then. A CD VHS holder for Betsy. And I was trying to kind of prove my manhood and how awesome I was. And I had worked with wood before, so I thought, you know, I've got this image in my head. It's going to be beautiful. I've picked out the trim and everything. I, was, I got the stain. I made this awesome, you know, it was, you know, I wanted it to be nice and tall to fit all of our CDs and all of our VHS cassette tapes. You can ask your parents what those are. And, you know, so it was, it was, it was pretty narrow, about this, this, this wide and about this tall. And I just thought it was the awesomest thing. I had made it perfectly the right size for CDs to fit just in. I mean, I, I neglected to make it tall enough so I could put my fingers in to get the CDs out. So you had to kind of tip it to get the CDs out. And I also realized I forgot to, like, put feet on it so it would stay up because it was pretty narrow and pretty tall, so we actually had to lean it up. I don't, remember, I don't know if you remember this. I had to, we had to lean it up against the wall in order to actually use it. So God creates perfection. God creates peace. We, we, can't, we can't do I mean, I can't do that. Maybe some of you can do it. But God creates in a way that we can't create. So when God created the world and made it perfect, what did we do? Did we just say, yes, this is wonderful. Let's just live in this the rest of our lives. No, we, we broke that peace, didn't we? And God had one direction for us, and God said, this is going to be good, guys. I got you. And we said, nah, I think I'm going to go over here. I'm going to try my own way. I'm going to do my own thing. And we broke that peace. We fractured that wholeness. What God had intended to be together, we broke apart. So when we talk about peace objectively, now we're talking about the peace that God brings in the person of Jesus Christ. I want to try and wrap this all around into something special. We're talking about restored unity. So when Jesus comes, when the Prince of Peace comes, he's restoring what was once whole. You follow me? It's a return to the way things are supposed to be. And there's only one way this can happen. So let's read Romans 5.1 and help put it in perspective for us. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Now, this is a very dense verse. There's a lot in here that we need to think about. And we don't have time to think about it all today. But what is objective peace? It's the gospel. This is the good news. This is what we've been waiting for. Peace is the good news. Peace is what Christ came to bring. We are made whole. We are made right. All the essential parts are joined back together where they belong. The good news is this. God came in the person of Jesus to point us toward God and left the Spirit to lead us and guide us there. This is true union with God the Creator, God the Peacemaker. Peace is the good news. Wow. So that's objective peace. This is peace as an... So what is peace? You know, we wrap our minds around it. Peace is the good news. The good news is wholeness. The good news is unity. The good news is what we have broken... 
God makes whole again. So now, linguistic nerds, what is subjective peace? Peace as a subject. Well, I want to tell you about Talal's baptism now. Talal's awesome, don't forget. So don't forget that the Croatian political system didn't want him anymore, put him in prison. He got out, said, I want to be baptized, but he had to be out of the country within days. If he's caught by the police, he goes back to jail. They don't care how he gets out. They're not going to help him get out. He just needs to be out. So he has days to get out. He says, I want to be baptized. And work in kind of a frenzy, an excited frenzy, right? This is Talal, our brother, who gave his life to Christ in prison and got out and wants to be baptized before he flees to find a safe home somewhere. So we have to kind of rearrange everything, which is, again, super excited. Because... Along the way, what Talal found was peace. He found that object that his heart desired. He found peace, the unifying and sanctifying peace of God, right? So he got out of jail and wanted to be baptized right away. And that Sunday, we had to do all new songs. We had to do new sermon. We had to find a different church building. This is, happens in like two days because our church building is so small. It was like an old bakery. We could fit like 30 people sitting down was tiny. I mean, the stage was, this would be like a mega church for us. So, all right, well, we have to find a new church that has a baptismal font, because this is a little bit less than a year ago, so it's cold. And we've done some cold baptisms out in the lake, but none of us are really, like, too excited about that. So we found a church that was willing to host us, and so we brought all of our church community to this place. And it was incredible. And we started our service just with our normal welcome song. And we sang our welcome song in sometimes four, sometimes seven different languages. Um, because like this church, it was just, this was a multicultural church, people from all over the world. So we sang our song in four languages, and then the time came for the baptism. And Talal made his way up to the baptismal font, and the whole community gathered around him. And a few of us who were administering the baptism kind of gathered close by. And as he made his way down the steps of the tub, he pulled us close to tell us something. He whispered, when you dunk me in the water, don't pull me up. When you dunk me in the water, don't pull me up. You see, he just wanted some time down there. Just God, nothing else. I have a little video to show you. just baptized less than a year ago. Don't pull me up, he said. Don't pull me up. See, when he was on his journey trying to find a safety, he found something else. He found peace. A 
peace that passes understanding that he hadn't known before. And when he sank into those baptismal waters, he experienced the peace that comes in the midst of the storm. Don't pull me up. Can you imagine those few moments that he was under the water? It's like this. There's something about it that brings peace. Let me put it like this. When you have peace with God, you can experience the peace of God. When you have the object of peace, you can experience the rest that is only found in peace from God. Do you know what I'm saying? When Jesus was talking with his disciples in John 14, he knew full well what was going to happen to him. He knew full well what was going to happen to his disciples. There was not an easy road ahead for them. There was not an easy road ahead for Jesus. Verse 27 says this, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. You see, the world doesn't offer you peace. I don't want to shatter anybody's dreams, but the world doesn't offer you peace. It doesn't work that way. The world only offers chaos. The world only offers confusion. The world only offers distraction. And we think about the Christmas season. How crazy is it, right? I don't think it's an accident that the one day a year that the world is supposed to kind of be focused in on the birth of the Savior, it's the craziest time of the year, right? I mean, life is just madness. My own life, for instance, and this is all within about a month's time, my son's birthday. I'm going to miss somebody. I have a list here. It's a long list, but I'm going to say it fast. My son's birthday, then is my dad's birthday, then is my wife's birthday, then is my daughter's birthday, then is Christmas, uh, which happens to be my brother's birthday. Uh, my father's birthday is in there. I don't have to mention that. But then my mom's and then my sister's, and that's all within about a month. Oh, and we're in a new country, and we're looking for a new home, and, and uh, my back hurts, and, you know, my knee is going, and... My bike got broken in shipment, and, you know, I've got to buy presents for people for Christmas. I'm getting stressed just talking about it. But that's what the world offers, is chaos. And when we're faced with chaos, what do we do? We, you know, we're feeling overwhelmed. We end up looking for something to hold on to, just to kind of calm the storm, just to make the chaos feel a little bit better, so we cling to things. But what do we cling to? These things are just an illusion of peace. I have my wife, I have my kids, you know? I have my home, I have my job, I have my stuff, I have my favorite TV show, I have these things, so oh, it's going to be okay, right? Something, anything you cling to to find peace. And we spend so much of our energy looking for those things to cling to that we forget 
what true peace is, what the true peace of God can offer us. Mir, peace. La Paz, peace. Don't pull me up. God is there for us to sink into, to rest in, to find true healing and calm, to find wholeness again. And when you found God's peace, you can experience God's peace as well. But you're thinking to yourselves now at this point. Okay, we had this linguistic lesson, a little bit boring, but we got through it. So how? How do we do this? Like this is all well and good. I get that we can find God's peace and that we can experience God's peace, but how do we do that? I thought long and hard about this. And I came up with one answer. Charlie Brown. Well, Linus, actually. I mean, it's not Charlie Brown, it's Linus. But I was tossing and turning and just mulling over books and just, I mean, I'm just giving all of my theological abilities. And I could think of Linus. Now, have most of us seen a Charlie Brown Christmas? I know not all of us have, but most of us probably have seen a Charlie Brown Christmas. Well, there's a scene at the end where Linus kind of takes the stage to tell everyone what is the true meaning of Christmas. Well, I'm going to play a little clip in a second, but I want you to remember the character of Linus. What does he always have with him? His security blanket, doesn't he? He's got the blanket, he's got the thumb, this is Linus, that's his thing, right? Well, about halfway through this clip, right as Linus gets to the part when the angels say, fear not, something happens. Let's watch together. I guess you were right, Linus. I shouldn't have picked this little tree. Everything I do turns into a disaster. I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Did you see it? I don't think I've ever welled up watching Charlie Brown before. But did you see it? dropped it. 
he dropped his security blanket. I, I'm overwhelmed. I know maybe I'm the only one. But we cling so tightly to things for security. And God is saying, fear not. Let it go. That's not going to bring you peace. Believe it or not, that's going to bring you chaos. That's going to bring you distraction. Even one of the images, his foot was on it. Did you see that? That's what it means. It's just a blanket. It's just a bike. It's just my stuff. It's just a show. It's just... That's not peace. God offers a new kind of peace. A peace that takes down the brokenness of our lives and makes them whole again. A peace that offers shelter in the midst of chaos. And this peace is available to us today. This day, this moment, the peace is there for you. The peace is there for me. When I see Linus drop the blanket, I say, that's what I want. I want to let it go. I want to fear not. I want the peace that only God has. Real peace. So this Christmas season, choose peace. It's simple. God offers wholeness for us. Choose it. Choose to experience a tranquility of the heart available to us through the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Don't pull me up. There's something special, there's something pure about that peace. And choose to let go of the things we are holding on to that keep us from peace this Christmas. Fear not. Let it go. I want to offer a special blessing to us before I pray. And here it is. Hello, Emmanuel Church. My name is Talal. I'm from Iraq. I'm married. I have four, three kids. Four years ago, when I left my country, and I'm searching for a safe place for me and for my family. Um, it was so difficult time for me, but God always with me. God found me. God blessing me. So I'm always trust God and God changed me also. God gave me a new peace in your high, in your heart, sorry. Um, I can't explain for you all my life because that's just to my message to you. God changed all my life. God changed all my heart. God gave me a peace, a new peace I never had before. 
keep going, trust God. And God always with you, always with us. God bless you. Father, we come before you as people in search of peace. God, we recognize that this time of the year is just crazy. God, we want what you have to offer. We want to rest in the tranquility of your spirit. We need that peace. We ask for it today. God, convict our hearts of those things that keep us from you. God, we don't want to live in fear. We want to put down those things that we think are security, but they are actually just walls that keep us from you. God, you are our peace. We proclaim that today as a community. You are our peace. God, we thank you for your gift of grace coming down in the person of Jesus so that we can be made whole again because that's what you want. That's how you started this whole thing. And as our Redeemer, you're bringing it back there again. And that's the wave that we want to ride, God. Make us whole again. God, we thank you for peace that passes beyond our understanding. We love you, Father. In your son's name, amen. Go in peace.